Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. This morning, we're going to continue on in our series as we started a couple of weeks ago, Victorious. And this morning, I want to preach on Victorious Through Change. Now, this morning, we just did a little exercise of change. How many of you really loved this exercise this morning? <laughs> most of us, okay, some of you do. Some of you probably do well with change. But, but most of the time, we don't like change. We don't want to go through change. We don't like new things. We don't want to sit in new seats. You know, our, our, our seat has our name on it, you know. Don't mess with my seat. It's comfortable. It's, I've been sitting there for years. It's kind of worn around myself, you know. It's comfortable. <laughs> You'll get that later when you go home. But, but anyway, we all go through seasons of change, and I believe that it's God's intent that we don't just survive change or cope with change. I believe that it's God's intent that we're victorious through change. God's the one who's orchestrating the change. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing to go through some change, you know. Zoe's kind of going through this right now, you know, now that we have Jonathan in the house. She was used to being only child, getting all the attention, right? You know, and now she's got a younger brother that she has to figure out and deal with. And, and she was all excited before Jonathan came. And now she's, she told me the other day, she said, Daddy, I'm sad. I said, why are you sad? She said, I don't know. I can't tell you. I said, you can tell Daddy anything. Why are you sad? Well, I didn't want a brother. I wanted a sister. I said, I said, are you, is that because you feel like mommy and daddy aren't paying the same amount of attention to you? Yes. I said, well, baby, you just got to tell us. I need attention. You're fine. We still love you. Nothing changed. But how many of us do the same with God? God, I, I didn't want this. I wanted a sister. You did, this wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> The world around us is constantly changing. We all know the, the saying that the only thing that's constant in life, the only thing that doesn't change, is change itself. The world around us changes. The seasons change. The weather changes. Boy, does it. The anim animals are constantly changing. The atmosphere changes. The clouds change. The stars are changing. Everything's constantly changing. Our lives are always changing. Our friends change. Your family changes. Where you live changes. Your moods change. Your hairstyle changes. Your hair color changes. <laughs> the car that you drive probably has changed. Your weight definitely changes. <laughs> the house changes. Your city changes. Your clothes, I hope to God they change. And definitely your underwear, they better change. So we know change is inevitable. God inspires. He authors the change. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1 says this, There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. Daniel 2, 20-21 says, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes what? Times and season. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. 
Isaiah 43, 19. One of, you know, if you hate change, this is like your theme verse in Scripture. Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. <laughs> now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And yet, in spite of all of the change that God's authoring, He never changes. He's our anchor in the midst of our change. He's the anchor of our soul in the middle of life's uncertainty. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1.17, every good, I love this verse, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights with whom there is no what? Variation. There is no change. There is no shadow due to change. He is absolutely constant. He is always at perfect. You know, the sun in our world is always changing because of the revolution of the earth and, and all the wonderful things in science that happened that I'm not going to explain this morning. But it's all, you know, we have shadows. There's always the sun rises and it sets. But with God, he neither rises nor sets. He's always at perfect. He's always at his zenith. He's always shining forth 100% full on power, authority, and his light. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, it says, for I the Lord do not change. I joked about this a couple weeks ago on a Wednesday night. You know, some of us insert our names in that verse. I John, do not change. <laughs> you know, that that's becomes the theme verse instead of Isaiah 43, 19. 1 Peter 1.25, but the word of the Lord remains forever. It does not change. So today I want to take a look at not just surviving change or coping with change, but how are we to be victorious through change? How are we uh, allowing God to transform and change our lives? You know, if you take a look back at the, at the church over just the past couple years since we've been here, we've seen God do a lot of great change. We've seen faces come, faces go. We've seen change in our leadership, change in worship, change, a lot of change. And, and sometimes it can be a challenge to keep up with the change. There, there are times I sit back in my office and I think about all that's happening and what God is doing. And I'm like, whoa, Lord, you know, well, this is awesome. But where'd that come from? <laughs> you know, or look at this. This person and wow, God, look how much they've grown. I mean, just take a look at your life over the past two years and take a look at what God has done in your life in the past two years. I, I was thinking as Pastor Angie and Grace were standing up here, and I remember two years ago where they were when we came, and, and I remember the, the, their life and their spirituality and what God had called them to, what He was speaking to them, and look where God's brought them in two years. It's absolutely awesome. And so change isn't a bad thing. <laughs> Some of you are just doing your golf claps this morning. You're not so sure where we're going. You're like, okay, pastor, I agree with you, but, but don't make me change. <laughs> Romans 12 verse 2 is where we're going to start today. And that's our text I want to take a look at. Romans 12 verse 2. And do not be conformed. Everybody say conformed. conformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transformed. Be changed. Be metamorphosized. God's intention for you is that you would not stay stagnant. Conformity is stagnation. Conformity is stagnation. Have you ever been around stagnant water before? It stinks. It, I mean, it's not pleasant. 
And, and how many times as Christians do we stagnate in our growth and our spirituality and our relationship with others and our relationship with the church? And in all aspects of our life, we begin to stagnate and we begin to smell. But that's not God's intention. He wants us to be transformed. He wants us to be renewed. He wants us to be metamorphosized. That word conformed in the Greek in Romans 12 too, is the word to be similar or to like, to be consistent with. The word transformed means to transfigure, to change forms, to metamorphosis. It's like a butterfly, to change shapes or forms. Obviously here, Paul in his writing is saying to us, there are two paths. There's the path of conformity and there's the path of transformation. The path of conformity is stagnation. It's Jeremiah 17.10. The heart is deceitfully wicked. It's vile. Who can know its thoughts? 1 Peter 1.14 says, do not be conformed to your former life. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. This is conformity. It's not allowing God to change your life. That is what conformity is. Our our nature, our carnal nature, if left unattended, will conform to the patterns of this life. And so that is why it's so important for us to be convicted. That's why it's so important for us to be challenged. That's why it's so important for someone to push our buttons and say, it's time to grow. It's time to step up. It's time to step into what God has for you. Because if we didn't, we'd tend to conform and just stay stagnant. Now, this is just a, um, a silly illustration, but Jen posted it on Facebook, so I figure it's free game. But um, a couple a couple weeks ago, she posted on Facebook about how fit to live she was challenged by the by the staff and doing fit to live and how much weight that she's lost. But had had no one ever pushed her buttons, she would have just stayed. What what do we call that conformity? She would have just stayed the status quo and never have been transformed by the Lord. But now she's her buttons have been poked. She stepped outside of her comfort zone. Someone said earlier as they were walking by me, they and this is out of my comfort zone. I have moving seats. <laughs> she stepped outside of what was comfortable, and God's changing her life. And she's seeing transformation through her life as she does that. Conformity is the process by which we accept the average for the sake of comfort and we become the normal. I'll say that again. Conformity is the process by which we accept the average for the sake of comfort and we become the normal. God's intention for you is not to be normal. The average, the status quo. He wants you, you are created, you are designed with the fingerprints of God all over your life. And his intention for you is not to be status quo or normal. You're a peculiar people. And you need to live up to the calling that God's placed on your life. Amen. Live up to what God's challenged you with. Transformation is the courageous, uncommon journey of an ever-increasing, ever-deepening realization of a predetermined goal. What is the transform? What is that predetermined goal that we're to be transformed into? We are to obtain Christ. We are running a heavenly race. We are to be made into him, His image, transform into the very nature of Christ Himself. So how are we to do this? Number one, to be transformed into Christ's image, you must set His image always before you. You have to have His vision set before you. What you behold is what you become. What was the first commandment? Have no other gods before me. God has to be the first and the priority of your life. Idolatry is this. It's exchanging the enjoyment of God for lifeless traditions. 
You exchange enjoying God for traditions that have no life. Oh, that's how we used to do it. That's, that's what life used to be. But never stepping in to what God has for you today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. From one phase, one degree to the next. Is God changing your life? Are you able able to look back over the course of your life and say, wow, look what God has done in my look. Look, like, look what he's done. Look how he's transformed me. Look how he's changed me from one degree of glory to the next. Now, that doesn't mean that you pull out the, the measuring stick and you measure the person sitting next to you and say, well, they're further along than I am in this, so I somehow have failed. No, God has one degree of glory for you to the next. So you can't compare yourself to the person sitting next to you or myself or anyone else, but you have to begin to take a look at the mirror of God's word and begin to reflect in the mirror what God wants to change in your life. How many of you have ever, after getting ready, getting ready to walk out the door, you've got your clothes on, you've brushed your teeth, men, you've shaved, women, you've done your hair, you've done the makeup, you've got all your stuff ready, you get ready to walk out the door, and you take that final glance in the mirror, and you realize you still got a little bit of toothpaste or something on your face, you realize there's something, you know, your makeup's out of line, women, you've got to, you know, run, you know, or something's going on. Oh, my goodness. So... That's taking a look at the mirror. Begin to take a look at the mirror of God's word and it will identify for you the areas of change that God wants to bring about in your life. You have to set Christ before you. The process of transformation is either hindered by or accelerated by your vision of Christ. Your process of transformation is either hindered by or accelerated by the vision that you have of Jesus. Paul said this in Hebrews 3, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our faith. Consider him, or Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Set your eyes on Christ. Have you fixated your eyes on him or are you getting your eyes off on other things that are distracting? Proverbs 29 says, where there is no vision, the people, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now this is it, you know, a lot of times we, we um, take that word vision and we, we try to pull it into the business world and talk about vision. And, and, and I think that's important, but the word vision in the scripture is not talking about a natural vision, it's talking about supernatural. It's talking about having prophetic revelation. And so in order to see Christ for who he really is, you have to have a Holy Ghost prophetic revelation. And so the question for you today is, are you seeing Christ? Are you beholding him in his beauty? Are you able to have that revelation from the Holy Spirit of who he is to you? Your navigation through this life is based on your perception of Christ. Consider David and Saul for a moment. Both were called kings. Saul had, had a great mantle on his life. He was anointed king. And then all of a sudden... He gets his eyes off of who called him onto what he was called to. 
See, that's the danger of Christianity. Oftentimes we get our eyes off of who called us onto all the other exteriors, the, what I call peripherals of Christianity. Yes, do we want all of the blessings of the Lord? Absolutely. But in our pursuit of God, let's not forget that He is the paramount. He is the focus. He is the priority. And all of the other things are blessings that He will bestow upon us as we seek Him. Isn't that what Matthew said? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. So your navigation is based on your vision. If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? And how will you know once you got there? So you have to keep your eyes set on Christ. David was not seeking a kingdom. He realized that at any moment that God could take the kingdom from him, give it to anyone else, whoever he pleased, or God could give it and keep it with him. To lose focus of Christ is the beginning of conformity to old patterns. And for Saul, that meant being vexed by an evil spirit and becoming a murderous leader. I want you to fast forward in Saul's life. He lost focus of Christ. He lost focus of God and what he, who had called him and, and got focused onto what he had been called to. I want you to fast forward to the end of his life, if you will. How did Saul die? He committed suicide. He killed himself in battle. His armor bearer wouldn't do it for him, so he did it himself. Isn't that what sin is? It's the suicidal exchange of the glory of God for broken cisterns that will never satisfy. It's exchanging God. It's exchanging enjoyment of God for something that won't satisfy you. It might for a moment. Having the kingdom might have been good for a moment, Having all of the people follow him and enjoy his leadership might have lasted for a moment. But the reason why he was called was not because of his fame, his fortune. It was because God called him. God chose him and called him as king. What about you today? Are you focused on Christ or are your distractions coming in your life? Transformation number two requires death to conformity. There is no other option. You have to die to self. You have to die to the status quo. Embracing transformation requires both hands. You cannot embrace God while still holding a hand with the devil. You have to let go and begin to embrace all that God has for you. Sometimes that's challenging. Sometimes we like how things used to be. Sometimes we like what we experienced with God in the past. And we don't want to step into the new that God has for us in this season. Romans 12, 1 says this, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Galatians 2, 20, I am crucified with Christ. Matthew 16, 24, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Those are wonderful scriptures that we never hear preached. <laughs> Why? It's uncomfortable to have to talk about dying to self. It's uncomfortable saying, I'm going to be crucified to myself. It's uncomfortable saying, present yourself as a living sacrifice and get out of your comfort zone. Am I the only one? Amen? It's uncomfortable sometimes. You know, one of the things that I'm working on right now, I, I love learning and I love expanding. I love reading. And so one of the things that I'm doing right now is uh, going through a, a professional coach certification training process, which it, it's a lot of fun. And basically, 
you know, it's just another tool. For me, it's another tool in my toolbox of resources to help people. And um, so there's, there, it's, it's, it's pretty expansive training and teaching and such that I have to go through. And one of the things that we have to do in all of our weekly trainings and, and education stuff is we do uh, live practice of coaching people. Uh, you know, it's like life coaching and stuff like that. And so I have to take time live on the on the video conference with someone I've never met in the class, and we video conference together, and I have to coach them through whatever it is. And so uh, this, just yesterday, Saturday, I had one of, my, one of my trainings, and so we're sitting there, and we're talking and going back and forth, and, and my goal, what I wanted to talk about was, you know, we've had this baby, and I got off the fit to live <laughs> the process, and exercising, and all these things, and I need to get back on the wagon, I need to get myself back in health, and do all this, and I can't allow, you know, got to find the new norm with the baby thing going on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And as, I, as we began to talk about this, she asked me, the, the girl that was doing my coaching asked me, and said, well, basically a question that made me think about why is this so important to you that you do this? And, and I, I've always thought, but I've never said, how many of you know sometimes words are very empowering? And, and I had to hear myself say this. And I identified why it was so important to me. I said, well, I have friends and family that I have to be around for for a long time. I don't want health issues keeping me from being able to enjoy my family. I've got a lot of dreams that God's given me, goals God's given me. I don't want to waste waste my life not being healthy on you know, I want I want to pursue what God has. So the so the why all of a sudden got answered for me. And I was like, oh, I've never thought that before. I, I mean, I've thought it, but I Maybe I've never said that, but I never really put it in perspective like that. Wow, this is really important to me. I need to get off the couch and stop being lazy. Not that I do that. I'm not very lazy. But I need to get with it and be exercising, right? Y'all can encourage me in that. (laughs) But how many times do we stop as believers and ask ourselves, why did God say present yourself as a living sacrifice? Why did God say, I am crucified with Christ? Why is this written in Scripture? Let me answer that. Romans 12, 1 and 2, if you continue on, it's so that you can know and do the will of God. Galatians 2, 20, why am I crucified with Christ? Because Christ loved me and gave himself for me. Why am, I, why am I taking up my cross daily and following Christ? Matthew 16, 24, to be a disciple. So why is all this important? Because we're being changed. We're being transformed by the love of God. He's transforming us into his image. He's making us disciples. The seven words of death that I absolutely detest, I've never done it that way before. And we've all said it. I've never done it that way before. Or we've never done it that way before. That's the beginning of death. There's a difference between a memorial of worship and a monument of sentiment. You know, if you take a look back through the Israelites when they were on their journeys, you know, after Joshua crossed the Jordan, what, what was God's direction to them? Take out 12 stones and set them up, and it'll be a commemoration for you and your family. It wasn't a place of saying, well, anytime God ever parts a sea in the future, we've got to do it this way, and it's got to look that way, and that's exactly what we're going to do because that's what God used in the past. Actually, God changed If you take a look at how God moved through Moses, his rod, and how God used Joshua, get the priest out into the water, it was different methods accomplished the same purpose. 
got them through on dry ground to the other side, got them into the promised land. But our tendency is to worship how God did something and not the why he did something or his purpose in it. So there's a difference between commemorating what God did, worshiping him, or worshiping what he did. Make sense? If we're not careful, memorials become monuments, and eventually those monuments become mausoleums full of dead men's bones. Well, that's what we used to do. Thank the Lord. Yeah, thank God he did it and it worked. And how awesome was it? But what God wants to do in your life today is going to look totally different than it did 30 years ago or 20 years ago or yesterday. Spirit, y'all enjoying this? You're getting quiet in here today. I just want you to be victorious. I'm trying to help you be victorious through change. Spiritual apathy will eventually lead you to death. Paul told us in Romans to wake out of our sleep. It's high time to get up. Hebrews 10.39, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. You can shrink back. You can shy away from the change that God's placed before. You know, there's times where the Lord will say something or do something. And I know, man, that's just going to, that's change all over again. I, I just got settled, God. I just got comfortable. And it's usually about those times that God says, wake up. It's time to move. And number three, transitioning and transformation requires Christ-centered thinking. Romans 12, 2, be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. If you keep on in your stinking thinking, shall we say, it will continue leading you down a place of conformity. But if you begin to renew your mind, if you begin to set your mind on the Word of God, you begin to discover the realities of who Christ is, you'll begin to see the blessing of the Lord in your life. Joshua 1, 7-8 says this, Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." What were the conditions to their prosperous way and the success? Thoughts that concern the word and activity that concern the word. If you do not walk in the direction of God's word, you will find yourself not being transformed into the image of Christ. Confusion in your thoughts concerning Christ and his plan is one of the greatest distractions the enemy will use against you. Isn't that what he did in the garden? Well, did God really say that? I mean, Eve, I mean, really, did God? And he tries to bring doubt and confusion about the, the thoughts and the plans that God has for your life. Clarity in that moment came from a revelation of God. What happened? When did clarity come? They realized that they had sinned, but when did clarity of their situation come? Adam, where are you? God came. They saw the vision of God again and realized what had really happened. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. How does this process of change? Isn't that what sanctification is? It's a continual process of change and transformation. Where does it begin? In the word of God. John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will what? 
you know, it's interesting to me. How many of you have ever heard, well, I don't go to church because it's just a bunch of rules? Or I, I, I don't like religion because it's just a bunch of rules. And ever heard that before? Let me, let me help you with this. Religion and that, that view of Christianity is based on people that try to make people change based on their own standards. What we need is transformation based on the absolutes of Scripture. There are, there are some absolutes, yes, if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to step up and lead in a certain ministry, there are expectations of leadership. But when you are a disciple of Christ in church, sometimes we start setting expectations on people that just came in fresh off the street, that they got to look like us and smell like us and talk like us, and that's not going to happen. There's a process of change and transformation that happens. I mean, how many of you like someone to tell you, you've got to look like me, dress like me, talk like me, please don't dress like me or look like me or talk like me? <laughs> Clarity comes when we get a revelation of the truth of God's word. Ephesians 4.23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed by the Word of God. When you get someone in the Word of God, when you begin to dive into Scripture and you begin to chew on it and, and devour it, when you have your focus on Christ and you're seeing Christ for who He is and you're devouring the Word of God, that's where true transformation comes from. If there's a problem in your life, get into the Word. Get into the presence of God. Get into the place of transformation. Amen. That's why we talk about coming to the altar, having hands laid on you. It's so powerful, so important. Getting in a place where you can experience the presence of God and, and having hands laid on you and receiving from the Lord. And He takes all that He's doing and saying in your life. He speaks to you intimately, speaks to you personally. You're in the Word. You're in the Word. And He takes that Word and He makes it alive to you. All of these things. Being in a place where He can change you is absolutely important. Now here's the key. Our job when it comes to the Word of God is to be in the Word. And to yield to the Word. And God begins the transforming work. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you are, you're struggling with addictions in your life. Maybe there's an addiction in your life. Maybe there's relationship issues or whatever. And you've, you've tried to change. Try to change yourself. Try to change yourself. And it just doesn't work. Let me ask you this. Where are you spending your time? Have, has your focus been zeroed in on Christ? Or is your focus on distractions in life? Is your focus zeroed in in, in His presence and in His Word? Because you see, you can't separate. You know, when we talk about Christ and, and, and getting a vision of Christ and being in the Word and saturating in His presence, you can't, we, we distinguish between the three, but you really can't separate the three. You really can't separate the, the three because Christ is the incarnate Word. So you, you can't separate Christ from the Word. If you're going to behold Christ, you've got to behold the Word. That's where you get people that get off into left field into weird doctrines because they're, they're experiencing something that they call Christ, but it doesn't match up with the Word. And so it's always going to align. His presence, it's the same with His presence. You experience God, experience His presence by knowing His Word. Is this making sense to you this morning? So you really can't separate the three. The, all three of them have to happen in your life. 
And that's where transformation happens. If you have an anger issue, get in the Word. Behold Christ. Behold Him. Behold His beauty. Get in His presence. Let Him change you. Amen. <laughs> How do you do this? You saturate yourself. Luke eleven thirty four says, The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. Take in light, saturate in the Word, saturate in God, saturate in His presence, saturate in worship, saturate in Him. Fill your life with Him. If you want to soar with the eagles, you got to stop hanging out with the pigeons. Get into the place where His presence abides. Get, get in worship, saturate with Him. Saturate in the Word. Worship, worship worship. Read, read, read. Pray, pray, pray. You know, there, there, is, there really is no formula to this. I'm not necessarily giving you, you know, an ABC and this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you just basic things, just basic Christianity today. There's, there's nothing real deep about this today. This is basic Christianity, but this is what will change your life. It's how, it's how transformation begins as a new believer when the, sun, when, the, when the sun dawns in your life as a new believer, it's how it started and it's how it continues. And then surround yourself for an opportunity of faith. Romans 10, 10, 17 says this, faith comes by hearing the message concerning Christ. Put yourself in a position, worship, prayer, saturation in God, where faith can be stirred up in your heart. Gossip will not produce faith. I'll say that again because only two people agreed with me. Gossip, <laughs> gossip will not produce faith. Paul told Timothy it's gangrene. It's like cancer. It will devour you. In Hebrews it says, do not allow the root of bitterness to spring up and offend many. It's easy to allow that to happen. It's easy to become a murdering Saul. What's challenging, what's transforming is to say, I'm not going to conform, but I'm going to press into God. I'm going to press into his word. I'm going to press into who he is and allow him to change me and transform my life. I'm going to yield to change in my life. You know, a lot of people in today, especially in today's Christian world, love to be motivated. <laughs> everybody's looking for an inspiration. <laughs> Motivate me, preacher. Motivate me. Make me feel good about myself. Help me. Help me. Right? Everybody's looking for motivational and inspiration. You see, there's a difference between inspiration and faith. Inspiration affects only your natural man. Faith affects your spiritual man. What you need today is not to be inspired. There's been a lot of people inspired that do nothing. But when faith ignites in your heart, you can't help but respond. Take a look. We looked at Noah just not that long ago. Noah, moved by faith, had godly fear, and he built an ark. He wasn't just inspired in his natural man. His circumstances were not very inspirational. People around him were going to hell quickly, you know, as we would say. They're, they were going to hell in a handbasket or whatever the saying is. It was a, it was a horrible, uh, horrible culture full of sin and depravity. His 
current culture was not very inspirational. What he needed was faith. What he needed was a word from God that would change his life. What you and I need today is not just a good, make me feel good message. We need faith ignited in our heart that responds in godly fear. God, I don't want to be the same way that I, that I was five years ago, ten years ago. God, I don't, want to, I don't want to look the same ten years down the road that I look today. I don't, I don't want to be the same person. I, I, I want to be changed by you. I want to look like you. Today, you can be victorious through change, but it comes by spending time in the Word of God. You have to get your focus on Christ where it needs to be. Fix your eyes on Christ. Set your attention on Him. Embrace Him. Embrace what God is doing. Let go of the past. Let go of the past hurts. Well, pastor, you don't know what they did to me or what they said. You're right. I probably don't. But God does. And He's bringing you into a new season. And the only way to get into the new season is to let go of who done did you wrong. You can behold Christ and become Christ, or you can stay in bondage to what was and constantly live out that, that pattern. If you don't let go of the past, you'll live out that pattern for the rest of your life. Because that's all you know. But all of a sudden, when you begin to embrace Him, when you begin to embrace God, all of a sudden, things change. And it's not you doing it. You're just along for the ride. You're, just, you're along for the journey and you look back and say, wow, I just, I just took a baby step. I just trusted the Lord. I took a baby step and said, Lord, I need to be in your word. Lord, I need to worship you. Jesus, I need to, I need to spend time with you. Jesus, I need to get at the altar. Jesus, I need to give. Jesus, I just need to spend more time with you. Jesus, I need to be in a small group. Jesus, I need to be in service. Jesus, what, and what is all of that? It's putting yourself in a place of allurement. It's putting yourself in a place where your heart is inflamed with passion for God. And as you do that, you're delighting in Him and He's changing you. And you look back and say, wow, God, it was really that easy? Amen. Why don't you stand with me this morning? It's really that easy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to, I want you to look at me. I want, before we pray, I want everyone just to look at me. I, I realized this morning, everybody, by changing seats, by virtue of changing seats, everybody just kind of got disheveled this morning. So, so hopefully, I've got you back on track now. I want you to understand something, because I, I, I realize there are people in different places today in their walk with the Lord, and and some have, are new, and some have been walking with Jesus for a long time. It doesn't matter when you started or the time frame here this morning. The reality is this. Any of us, if we're not careful, can step back onto the path of conformity. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves no longer walking on the highway of holiness. We'll find ourselves walking on the highway of the world. It's so easy. What you yield to, what you feed, will flourish. Are you walking with the Lord? Are you spending time with Him? Are you saturating in His presence? Y'all can 
ting ting on the ding ding, whatever we said, whatever that was a couple weeks ago, whatever you need to do. If you don't come on Wednesday nights, you just miss out. You don't, that, you know, you don't get it. But thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for my friends and family, Lord, today. Lord, I pray for them this morning, Lord, that I know that many of them are facing change in their life, change in their homes, change in their business. Lord, you're, you're doing new things in their lives. Lord, and you're calling all of us, everyone in this room, you're calling to be transformed into your image in, in another way or form. And so, Lord, we just want to yield to you today. We don't want to be combative. We want to be on the altar of sacrifice today. Lord, we don't want to be stubborn animals laying out on the sacrifice, but we want to be fully yielded. Let the flesh burn. Let the old patterns of life burn. Lord, let it, let it come. Change us. Transform us. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.